in jesus name we pray father we thank you once again as our heart rejoices lord to hear your word let your spirit be upon us you minister to us let the word of my mouth and the meditation of all your children be pleasing in your sight in jesus precious name we pray amen please be seated thank you brother francis for giving me in time as all of you are aware that we are hearing from our statement of faith and uh, actually we are given you the information or uh, reason for why we are what is statement of faith and why we are started teaching about the statement of faith and uh, all of you you are all filled with your membership form and those who are called as a registered member consider as a registered member of the church so the statement of faith is nothing but an attachment with a yellow form a white form is given in that the statement of faith is attached and some of you are written to us along with the yellow form that means there are reasons one is you have gone through everything you don't want it you are returning it and secondly some people maybe you think that you know everything you don't want that copy so you are send us back actually when you go through the whole statement at the bottom line it is mentioned retain this copy with you some of you are return to us so now you know how much careful you should be in reading when we are giving something you cannot just fill up the form and half of the way and full of the way and with the wrong information and then coming and telling my birthday is this my anniversary is this and it is wrong uh, greetings you are giving see these are all the errors i am not uh, condemning you just i am encouraging to correct yourself be aware of what you are writing be aware of what you are studying and understand what it means to you so the statement of faith is the fundamental doctrine of what the church is believe in and that is it that means it is not everything we believe in the whole word of god but what the statement of faith is there are the the, the important doctrinal teaching what the church is believe in when you sign the form and return to us what does it mean you understood the belief of what the church is believing and you identify yourself one of the member of the church so when you fill the form see that what the meaning to that as is what you understand you understood everything we believe in what the church is believing and we have same spirit same knowledge same understanding and we have same faith more than all so that is the meaning of it since it is not clear to many members and the church council decided to teach on the statement of faith so now you know the importance of what is the statement of faith right if you if you understand say amen to that oh not even 20% of say people are saying So what is the point of me to explain it to you as my wasting my time 5 minutes 
Do you understood what is the statement of faith means it? Amen. Thank you. Even still, 50% are in half-hearted. That means they don't understand my language. Not the statement of faith. Anyhow, so in the list of what you are given, that is why today we decided to give you the whole statement of faith. It is a, even though we are preaching in part by part, and the first week pastors preached about the Godhead and the scriptures, and the last week Brother Kenneth very beautifully coupled together the three titles of the fall of man and the salvation through Jesus Christ, and also the eternal life and the new birth. Today, we are going to study or on water baptism and the Holy Spirit baptism. What is water baptism and what is the Holy Spirit baptism? First, we will go by the water baptism. Why the water baptism? Yes, sister, we can start. Baptism in water. There are different terminologies used. Don't bother about it. You should understand what that mean is, meaning is. What is baptism means? Baptism means, it is a Greek word, that it means dip or immerse. Baptism in water means, means immerse into water. That's it. As simple as that. Why it is? Who can be baptized? It is not for the sinners to be saved. No. This is for the believers. So, please understand, we cannot preach or teach the whole thing just because of the time, we will give you the outline and the scripture, you have to build on it and refer from your home. So, believers only can be baptized. That means, those who accepted Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior in their life, they are the people to be baptized. That is why the scriptures are given. Secondly, those who are repented, as the promise of the week is taken from Acts 2.38, so it very clearly says, you have to be repent and be baptized. If you are not, it is, that baptism is not for you. Thirdly, it is for grown-up and it is not for infant, not for the child. The Bible never ever records about the infant baptism. So in that case, who can be baptized? The believer, those who are repented, and those who are adults. Secondly, why should be a believer baptized? Jesus Christ is commanded it. In Matthew 28:19, Mark 16:16, 16, 16, the Lord Jesus Christ after, after his resurrection, he has given us the great commission. In that commission, he has mentioned that we should baptize. That's why the, we have to take the baptism. Let me read it for you from Matthew 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So that is, that is the commandment. Secondly, the apostolic doctrine and practice. So the reference was given for you 
you can refer it. So, the second reason for you to be baptized, why the believer has to be baptized, it is a doctrine. The New Testament church doctrine says that we should be baptized. Thirdly, it is nothing but you are identifying with Jesus Christ. As Jesus Christ came to this world, suffered and he died and he buried and he has rose again. That means when you are going to walk into water, you are burying yourself because of your sinful nature. When you come out, you believe that. You believe that. You are raising up as Jesus rose from the dead and you fall and you are raising up as a new new person. So that means you are identifying yourself with the with the death, burial and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And also it is for remission of our sins. Romans six, four to seven, if you go through it, so we are going for the going through the water baptism for the remission of our sins. Fourthly, when should be a believer baptized? Sometimes some people, I am a believer, I am a Christian, I am born in a Christian family, and I accepted Christ as long back, maybe three years back or fifty years back, and still I am not baptized. It is not right. So when should we be baptized? Immediately after receiving Jesus Christ as a savior of your life. So that's what the Bible says. In Acts 2.41, when you go through it as Peter was preaching, and the people were, let me read me that word alone, Acts 2.41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. One word before. And with many other words he testified and he exhorted them saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So in that case, after preaching, they accepted, immediately they were all baptized. So that means immediately after you accepting Christ. And secondly, when you go through it, I bought Simon the Magician, references given there, 8.12. Simon the Magician, as he asked for the Samaritan, there, Philip was immediately after they accepted and they, they were baptized. And also Acts 8.37 and 38, when you go through it, about the Ethiopian, you know, belief, and you are going through, and there was, uh, there was a foul, they found the water, and the Ethiopian asked the Philip that, uh, what is there for me to prevent you to, uh, uh, to have my baptism? So immediately he was baptized on his way itself. And also in Acts 16, 14 to 15, when you go through it, Lydia and her house husband, and uh, here they were baptized after Paul's preaching immediately. And Acts 18.8 also says that creepers and the household of um, baptized by Paul. So these are all the references. If you go through those scriptures and portion, you will understand very clearly immediately after conviction. Uh, they repented and they were baptized. 
So no more delay in baptize, going through the waters of baptism. Fifthly, how should be a believer baptized? Already it is mentioned. Baptism means immerse, dip into, go into. So in that case there is no other way of a sprinkling or a spreading or whatever it is. And a full immersion in water. That's what Mark 9, Mark 1, 9 to 11, even our Lord Jesus Christ himself has taken baptism by John the Baptist in the river Jordan. And Romans 4, 6, 4 says, buried with him through baptism into death. Buried means no one is buried after a just a dig of a little mud and put them on the off of the way. No. You know when the bo- how the body is buried into the earth. So that means immersed. So fully, deeply. Colossians 2.12 Buried with him in baptism, raising with him through faith. That's what the Bible says. And secondly, Christians should be baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There are enough references given to you. So there is no other way. There is no other name. Name, No other name in the sense, not the name of one person of the Trinity, not the one person of the church, the name of the church, or any name or the, any other name on this earth. If it is not, that is not the right baptism. So baptism should be immersed. Baptism should be in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Sixthly, is there, maybe the question for you, you may have a doubt, is there rebaptism for a Christian? There is no word or record in the Bible about rebaptism. That is, no. Yes, in the sense, those who are taken the baptism as a child, without knowing the world, without knowing even how to speak, no, even knowing the language, at that time, if you think that you are baptized, that is not the baptism. So, infant baptism is nowhere. If we read eight, uh, Acts 8, uh, 12, only one word, I will read it for you. There what is said, 8.12. But when they believed, believed as a priest, the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Men and women. There is no infant, there is no child. So, if it is so, don't believe that I am already taken the baptism. No. That is not considered. So, baptism without immersion. So, that has to be considered. If you are not taken a immersion, even though you are adult, if you are taken from your back home or a, a tradition of your church, other ba- not immersed baptism, that is not the right baptism. So, baptism without repentance. Some people, for some reason, they have taken the, without any conviction in their heart. 
without identifying or knowing or confessing understanding about their sin and confessing about their sin for repentance and they are not sure about their forgiveness that is not the right baptism so baptism without faith that is also not accepted and baptism without the purpose that means not for remission of the sins as i said the put into christ when you are not uh, put into christ fully or if you are not put into the body of christ so these are all the purposes in the sense some people they come for a baptism even for immersion baptism for other reasons the basic reason is you should be baptized for the remission of your sin you should be baptized when you are putting into christ and also into the body because the other child is taken i should my child also should have no because my child is grown up that is not the right reason that is not the right purpose maybe for some people i wanted to become a member in the church so that i will get a christian boy or girl to marry no that is not the right reason so if you are taken like that that is not a right baptism so that is purpose i mean what is the purpose that is not the purpose of baptism so some people go for so many reasons so whatever it is apart from the genuine reason you are repenter you are believe in christ you accepted christ in your life as a lord and savior and you identify yourself with christ through the waters of baptism about his death burial resurrection and coming and apart from that and you are uh, next thing and uh, apart from that all other baptisms are not considered as a baptism finally don't think it is me finish finally after baptism what should follow next what the scripture says acts 247 read it take your bible so my dear, uh, take care of your bible and see the scripture whether what i am saying is right or wrong 247 247 says praising god and having favor with all the people and the lord added the church daily those who were being saved once you are saved immediately you are attached with the fellowship the church that is the first thing you should do when you are baptized accepting christ after you are baptized immediately you became a member in your spiritual church that is the first thing second thing as we read 238 the gift of the holy spirit is promise to those who repent and baptized so this experience should be therefore in earnestly short that means we should seek to have the holy spirit baptism that's what the peter says repent and be or every one of you and be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy spirit after joining the church after you becoming a member of the church 
or any spiritual believer church next thing you are seeking to receive the holy spirit baptism so when we receive the holy spirit baptism what is holy spirit baptism and why we should receive it that we are going to see in the next part of today's message so this is what about water baptism water baptism is necessary it is a commanded by god and it is followed by him and it is a basic doctrine of the church and that has to be followed by obedience so we should uh, when we believe what to believe what to confess you know it go through the scripture if you have any doubt for clarification you can refer to us now we are going for the holy spirit baptism what is baptism in the holy spirit means it there are say again it is not everything what we teach we are giving you in a limited time just the outline and the references together to you it is your responsibility to go home and refer the scripture meditate on that and confirm that what you have is right or what we teach is right or wrong so whoever it is not only from here whoever teaches you always refer to your guide book guide book what god has given to you so please refer and uh, baptism in the holy spirit john 14:17 says first of all baptism you know immerse in the holy spirit means what is holy spirit what is holy spirit so the holy spirit the bible says 1417 go through it and see the spirit of truth the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him see the highlights in the different letters is neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you just count it him represents a person holy spirit not a hit or a thing he is a person that's why jesus christ said to his disciples said jesus is the spirit of truth he is a person so we know jesus uh, holy spirit is a person the second word for you to again john 15:26 when the counselor comes whom i will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who goes out from the father he will testify about me that is the work of the holy spirit he is the counselor he is the one among the triune god and he will testify of lord jesus christ third reference holy spirit is a person john 16 verse 13 but when he the spirit of truth comes 
he will guide you into all truth he will not speak so the person speaks of his own he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come see the work what are the activity of the holy spirit of god he will hear you he will speak to you and he will also reveal to you what is yet to come so now you know what is the important of having going receiving the baptism of the holy spirit having the holy spirit of god in us what is the importance he is the one who speaks to you he is the one who hears you he is the one he reveals the truth to you which even you do not understand when you go through the scriptures and he is the one he is coming to yet to tell you what is yet to come in the future for this receiving the holy spirit baptism is most important and the holy spirit is not something he is a god himself he is a person excuse me one uh, vehicle green plate parado 6770 if it is belongs to you if your owner is here you are kindly requested to remove your car parado 6770 green plate new car again he is god from the beginning he is not just he has come is that we know from the from the creation itself genesis 1 to says now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the waters so holy spirit of god was even from the creation so he was one among and also he should be what is the what we do against some of the people big since they do not know since they do not understand they sin against him they reject him it is not right see abation 430 and do not grieve the holy spirit of god with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption we should not grieve him because of your poor knowledge of your poor understanding so what does the baptism mean galatian 3:27 the holy spirit and all of you who were baptized into christ have clothed yourself with christ luke 24:49 says i am going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power on high this what jesus christ has said before he is going so it is not as i said 
it is not inst- or accidentally happened or in between happened or the Holy Spirit was introduced only in the New Testament after Jesus Christ. No, we are sure that He is a triune one among the triune God and He is from the beginning of the creation, during the creation itself, He was there. But there are prophecies even before the fulfillment or before the Jesus Christ has come to this world. So what are the prophecies and how the Old Testament prophecy is fulfilled in the New Testament that we are going to see with the scripture. So the Old Testament prophecy number one, Isaiah 28, 11-12. For it is with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the very to rest, and this is refreshing, yet they would not hear. The prophecy was there, but even though it was not clear, but you go through the scripture, what does it means to you? He will speak to his people. The second prophecy Joel 2, 28 and 29. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on the flesh, on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my maids, men servants, on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So there is no exemption. So you cannot say, I am not the person. The scripture, the prophecy is very clear. It is for all men on those days. The days already came. The the prophecy is already fulfilled. And still, yet, if you are not received... Or, if you are not sure that you have the Holy Spirit in you, it is for you to know what it means to you. That's what we are teaching. So, you should have the knowledge about the Holy Spirit of God. What is the purpose, whether you have it or not. Now, the Old Testament of prophecy is fulfilled in the New Testament. The number one. New Testament prophecy. How it is fulfilled. In the law it is written, 1 Corinthians 14.21 In the law it is written with men of other tongues and other lips. Every one of us have one tongue and one lips. Two lips, is it? That's it? Hello? To you only. But the scripture says, With men of other tongue and other lips, I will speak to this people, and yet, for all that they will not hear me. Why? Ignorant. Laziness. Not interested. Not understanding. If you don't understand, that doesn't mean that is not the truth. Be aware of it. So, God will, the Spirit of God will speak in other tongues, in other lips. 
Second New Testament fulfillment. Acts 2, 16 to 18. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Of course, the same scripture. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will, shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions and your old men. That was even Peter is repeating and quoting that how it is fulfilled in the last days after they receive the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. That's what he refers it. And who is the baptizer? If the Old Testament, it is said, Holy Spirit, first of all, Holy Spirit is a person. He is God, one of the triune God, and He was uh, spoken about. He was from the creation, and uh, he, uh, he was spoken about. about he was, it was spoken about Him from the Old Testament time as a prophecy, and it was fulfilled in the New Testament. But who is the baptizer? Now, Mark 3.11 Jesus said, uh, sorry, uh, John, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with the fire. Who is that? One word, everybody say, who is that? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Amen? He is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. There is no other. Mark 1.8 says, I baptize you with the same thing, water, but He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The same thing in Luke 3.16. John answered to them, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the tongues of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with the fire. Look at it. If something is most important, that will be recorded at least across all the Gospels. Even though it is written by different people and different periods and different places and they are, there is a uniqueness in that. The oneness in writing it. So if this is what Written three Gospels. Three people written the same thing. That means that much sure about, confident about. So you can believe it. Yes, Jesus Christ is the baptizer. Okay. Who may receive it once again? It is not for sinners. All born again believers. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Secondly, all disciples, but when you will receive power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8 So, who is the baptizer? And uh, who may receive 
the Holy Spirit. Now, we move on to how to receive it. How to receive it. Number one, you must be born again. Mostly. Some people before baptism, very rarely as an exceptional case, they receive the Holy Spirit before they accept. Then they go through it. That is not a criteria. Basically, and 99%, you must be born again. That means, you should be sure of, you are a sinner, and your sins are forgiven. And you accepted Jesus Christ in you. So, you are a person, a right, qualified person to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. Acts 2.38, as I said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit if you are born again. Secondly, how to receive it? By faith. Roman 10. 9 to 10. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved, for it is with your heart that you believe and you are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So you should Believe in your heart and confess through your mouth for not somebody to dictate you to confess it. That is not right thing for me as for me, am I understanding? Some people as a child when I say, there is, I don't, that's not the right thing. So okay, the, 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 what do you call, uh, sinner confession prayer. Some people used to dictate. Those who do not know. But that's not the base, that is not the basic for the person to be baptized. But the confession should be from their heart. Not from the mouth. Not from the knowledge. After hearing you cannot just recite it. That is not a real confession. That is not a real repentance. Your repentance should be, your belief should be in your heart. Your confession should be from your heart. Through your mouth. So, now someone has to do for you. So, that's not right. So, in that case, what we believe? First of all, we believe that I accept that I am a sinner. Secondly, I accept that Jesus Christ is the only Savior. Only He can forgive me. And I will save Him. Because I wanted to get rid of my sinful nature. I want Him. So, when you receive Him, He will do the rest of the things in your life as you confess. And it is not, it will not happen instantly or as you expect uh, in the, within that period. It is a process. Every day, every day you have to confess. Realize of your sin. Identify it. And uh, let the, for that alone, the Holy, you need the Holy Spirit. When you have the Holy Spirit in you, alive, He will remind you. He will convict you. He will correct you. 
wherever you go whatever you do whatever you speak this is wrong that is wrong what you are hearing is wrong what you are speaking is wrong what you are doing is wrong he will convict you even after baptism after becoming a believer still some of the people are still in the bondages and they're not experiencing the real freedom in Christ is because of this reason because we don't give the whole heartedly accept Jesus and the holy spirit of god in our life we don't allow him to work in our life you put him aside keep him inactive you don't have the knowledge of the holy spirit and not yielded to that holy spirit of god who lives in us the spirit of god is in us the moment you accept christ in your life but after that it is your responsibility to how much you give yourself to him that means how much you study the word how much you obey the word how much you are giving up out of or giving out of your all your sins and so that the holy spirit of god can dominate take dominion in your life so before that who is dominating who is ruling over you it is you who are ruling your flesh your sinful nature if somebody ask what is that so why we teach this if you are a believer if you are a born again christian you should know able to know and lead other people what is born again means it what is salvation means it what is accepting christ means it what is sin means it so you should be able to teach and lead the people that's why the church is taking so much of initiating to teach you what you are in the kingdom of god what is you are responsibility before you what is the meaning of accepting jesus christ as the lord and my savior before uh, lord means to rule over to take authority savior means savior from your sins not saving from your sickness alone that will follow savior of your sins you accept him in your life means you are allowing jesus christ in your heart so that you acknowledge and you confess confidently and you believe year after lord it is not me who rule over it is you who take charge over my life you will tell me you will direct me i will go you will tell me i will hear you you will direct me i will follow so it is not me lord year after it is you that is the accepting lord means it savior means lord i thank you i am a sinner and you have forgiven my sins Hereafter, it is not me, Lord. It is you who cleanse me and purify me. To live a holy life, you need a Holy Spirit of God in you. If you are, see, last year, whole week, and we are even the till today, we are even um, believing that, and we are teaching about the Holy Spirit, holiness, holiness, holiness. What is holiness mean? Without the Holy Spirit of God, how can you live a holy life? Impossible. that's why you need a holy spirit of god in you to live you lead you into holy living okay that is the faith and uh, thirdly how to receive you should have a hunger and thirst john 7 37 john 7 chapter 37 to 39 jesus said if anyone is thirsty thirsty let him come to me and drink 38 whoever believes in me and as the scripture has said streams of living water 
will flow from within him. 39 says, By this means, spirit, whom, market, whom, those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So we should have a hunger and thirst. If you do not have, take it very casual. If I receive, I receive. If you don't receive, I don't. You will not receive it. You will never receive it. You should have a hunger and thirst to have the Holy Spirit of God in you. Fourthly, how to receive it? You should ask. You should ask. It is not somebody only paying and you will receive it. No. God knows everything. God knows our need. God knows He says God knows our future. Everything is good. Why is said? Ask and it shall be given. So in that case for you, you have to ask. Not someone will come ask for you or you will go to somebody pray for me so that I will receive the Holy Spirit. That is secondary. First you should ask. When you are thirsty, you will ask. Fifthly, how to receive it? You should forgive. You should be forgiven and you should forgive others as well. Mark 11, 24 and 25. Therefore, I tell you, whoever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it shall be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your, your sins. If you have any unforgiven sin in you, if you are not forgiven others, that will stop you, that will become an hindrance. If you, if you do not receive the Holy Spirit of God so far, just these are all the scriptures for you to know, be aware and be corrected and forgive others. If you have any enmity with others. So, as a summary, how to receive the Holy Spirit? Number one, you should be born again. Number two, you should have faith. Number three, you should have hunger and thirst. Number four, you should ask. You should pray. Then you will receive it. And five, you should have the forgiveness. Sure of. There are events. What has happened now? Very quickly we have to go. There are first event in the day of Pentecost. The reference is given. What has happened? And I am not going to read everything. And uh, But you know what has happened over there. Suddenly a sound like uh, the blowing of the violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3. They saw what seems to be tongues of fire that separated the and came to rest on each of them. Verse 4. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. That is event 1. Event 2. In Samaria. Acts 8. 14 to 17. Just I will read the last word, verse 17. Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That is the second event. Number three, in Cornelius' house, 
Acts 10, 14-46, verse 44. Holy Spirit came, just highlighted one I am reading. Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Verse 46 says, When they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God, then Peter said, it goes on. So, that is the even three. So, they received the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. Even four. Paul, in Acts 9, 17 to 19, 17 last verse says, They see again the Holy Spirit are filled. And verse 18 says, He got up and was baptized. He was baptized. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was baptized. Even five. In Ephesus. What has happened? Acts 19, 1 to 6. Verse, five, verse 6. When Paul plays and or ends on them. The Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Addition to that. Now, you may be thinking whether speaking in tongues is important, is it very necessary or not? So, whether it is a doctrine as some are mostly believed or accepted or it is not a doctrine as some are rejecting it or keeping aside. So doctrine is formed or based on few many scriptures at least. So I have taken about five events. In what has happened and what? As a summary, let us go through it. Now, it's a summary. What is the event? What is the scripture, what I said? And what is the result? What is the outcome of it? And what is the method they used to receive the Holy Spirit? So in this, in five events, what is common? What is common? Hello? What is common? They are all filled with the Holy Spirit. This is common. They are all filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't say all the scriptures said. I gave you enough of references. It is not from my Bible. It is also in your Bible. And what is the come out? How many times they spoke in tongues? Recorded. One, two, three. Directly. About Paul, it is mentioned. It is not mentioned immediately. But later he spoke. He himself wrote. I am speaking more than um, uh, in tongues more than you. And uh, he has spoken tongues. And one place it is not mentioned in Samaria, but later you may be knowing. But majority, out of five, four places is recorded and uh, they spoke in tongues. What does it mean? Is it an option? Or is it your doctrine? It is not an option. It is the doctrine. 
and it is a gift the scripture says it is the gift you receive it everybody is very no one sitting here when some gift comes you will say no no i don't want it is there anybody there is there anybody suppose somebody comes here so who comes first i will give you the gift somebody some company somebody is coming to give you think about it whether you receive it or not hello i am asking you you will receive it or not you must very much uh, rush up to receive it is it so you should have the same spirit to receive the gift of the holy spirit amen amen if you believe say amen, amen. right and there are methods it may differ person to person or by situation that is it is not all last column it is divine automatically they spoke in tongues some places they lay their hands after they laying the hands they spoke in tongues and some the see even the lay hands is three places so sometimes it is prayed when they pray when they are hearing itself hearing the word itself they receive the holy spirit they spoke in tongues as simple as that so there is no way you can say it is not scriptural it is not doctrinal it is not at this church i am not that church and all whatever the church you are you should believe the word of god that is most important okay why should you speak in tongues very quickly we'll go number 1 you are speaking to god speak to god why you should speak to god or why you should speak in tongues to speak to god directly so if you speaking tongues no one knows your neighbor even the enemy the satan doesn't know the language the heavenly language so that you can straight away you can communicate with him that is why you need to speak in tongues secondly it edifies himself for yourself when you speak in tongues it is edifying yourself thirdly why we should speak in tongues it will help us in our weaknesses when you are unable to pray when you are unable to worship in your sick bed or whatever the situation or you are going through the crisis and you cannot speak that times the holy spirit helps you to speak the heavenly language of speaking in tongues so as a summary you know speak to there are many more it is not it is not limited there are many more why should you speak in tongues you speaking to god it will edify yourself it will help us in our weaknesses as well so the conversion or the finding us the as the promise of the word says of today acts 2:38 then peter said to them repent and let every one of you baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the holy spirit so the gift every one of us who likes it wish to have it so i wish all of us every member of this church will receive the holy spirit of god and be a blessing so that as the promise came to us and we will glorify the lord and the whole world will know jesus christ through us
Amen? Let us stand to our feet. Close our eyes. Let's just take a few moments to talk to God. To just think of how God has spoken to us this day. And the first question I really want to put across to all of us. Have you been blessed by what you heard today? Has it had any meaning? Has it clarified? Has God opened your eyes of understanding? That's the purpose. Just take a few minutes before we continue and say, thank you, Father. Those areas that I was not clear about, Father God, you have clarified. Those areas where I needed a greater insight, you have enlightened me. Those areas that were unknown to me, you revealed to me. Take a moment and just say, thank you, Lord. If you knew it all, still say, thank you, Lord. Because God keeps ministering unto us. Time and again, week after week, we see God speaking to us. God's not letting us down. God's not moving away from us. God is drawing us closer and closer to Him. Appreciate that. Appreciate the fact that God is drawing you closer. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 says this, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And then again in the book of Titus chapter 1 verse 13 I'm just picking a verse and reading there. It says this, this testimony is true Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in faith. We need to be sound in what we believe in. We need to be sound in who we believe in. That we are not wavering to every wind of doctrine. And God has brought it on this church that yes, my doctrines need to be laid out. Let's just say thank you. You've got the privilege of having those statements of faith in your hands. And as the Berians did, go back home. Search your scriptures. These doctrines are just foundational. They do not cover everything. In the time available, it cannot be done. It is for you and me now, who have received the soup, 
who have received the appetizer to go and now go deep into the word. Has God put that desire in you and me? To search his scriptures, to understand him better, to know him well. That in due course of time, every one of us can be used of him in the way that he wants to use us. Not just coming and going and walking in and walking out. Not just thinking that this is a social meeting place. This is a place where God is speaking to us. Take it serious. Church, take it serious. And let me address those who were yet to receive the Lord. You have heard of how important it is to first receive the Lord. Do you want to receive the Lord? All eyes closed. If there's anyone here who says that yes, I accept that I'm a sinner and I confess in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I wish to surrender myself to him. Signify yourself. Signify yourself. You'll have to speak to the Lord. It's your words. But that is primary. Are you born again? To the rest of us, I want to ask us, might say that we are born again, but have we completely surrendered ourselves to the Lord's hands? Have we handed over the driving wheel to the Lord? Or are we still trying to control what God does in our lives? Just let God take control. Things can't go wrong. Things can never go wrong. Just allow God to take control. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord. We want to thank you, Lord, that you're continuing to teach us, Lord Father. You're continuing to encourage us and build us up, Lord Father. To make us the kind of people you want us to be. Not to bend over and waver with every wind of doctrine, Lord Father. But to be sound in our faith, Lord Father. To know who we trust. To know who we are looking forward to meeting in course of time, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, strengthen us. Continue to build us, Lord Father. Days to come as you speak to us, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you will put that desire into every one of us. That we will seek you further, Lord Father. We will seek your word, Lord Father. That we will search your scriptures, Lord Father. We will see for ourselves, Lord Father, that which you speak to us, Lord. Father, we commit ourselves into your hands. And I thank you, Lord, that today you have spoken to us. We thank you, Father God, for our pastor, Lord, who you have used in bringing across these two foundational doctrines this day, Lord Father. Father God, where there was confusion, take it away, Lord Father. Where there was 
no clarity, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bringing in clarity, Lord, Father. Where there was no knowledge, thank you, Lord, for bringing in knowledge, Lord, Father. We commit ourselves into your hands. I pray, Lord, that you will continue to anoint our pastor, Lord, Father, and you will use him to minister unto us in greater details in days to come, Lord. Be with him and his family, Lord, Father. We ask, Lord, Father God, that you bless them mightily, Lord, Father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for being with every one of us, Lord, Father. And Father God, even as we depart from here, Lord, I pray, Lord, that every word that is spoken today would be embedded in good ground, Lord, Father. It will bear fruit. It will take root. It will bear fruit, Lord, Father. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. Father God, thank you for every one of us here. We give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you as we move out to have fellowship with each other. Don't go away without greeting somebody or the other.